0: You are listening to episode number six of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. Hey there, we are continuing our January series on different strategies for engaging your students. And in this episode, I'm gonna be talking through why I believe lecture can still be a useful instructional strategy and five tips for how to make lectures more engaging for your students. So let's jump in. Now, before we get started, I want to make sure you know that you still have time to enter our January giveaway in honor of the launch of the podcast. So like I've been saying in previous episodes, I created this show to serve you, and I want to help as many of you, as many secondary science teachers as possible. And to do that, I need your help. I need your help to reach your teacher friends and then other secondary science teachers that you're connected to on the internet or in whatever community you live and work in. So, To do that, I would love for you to share the podcast, and that's what this giveaway is all about. At the end of this month, two winners will be selected, and you can receive either $100 in store credit to the It's Not Rocket Science resource shop, or you can receive an It's Not Rocket Science custom Arctic Tumblr and a $30 TBT gift card. So you get to pick, and all I need you to do to enter to win is to share this podcast somewhere on social media. So this could be on your Instagram stories or in a teacher Facebook group, wherever you are most connected to other secondary science teachers. And then after you share, take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram, and that will serve as your entry. It's so easy. And for a bonus entry, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcast. And I just want to thank you in advance for doing this because it means so much to me to have the opportunity to reach more educators who could potentially benefit from this podcast. And I'm so grateful for your help to do that. And again, at the end of the month, I will randomly select two winners from all the entries and they can choose between the two prizes. So it's going to be pretty fun. All right. Now let's talk about engaging your students in lecture. First, let me address the elephant in the room because I feel like it can be an unpopular opinion nowadays to even talk about lecturing, let alone admit the fact that I actually enjoy lecturing. So hear me out for a second before you tune out or mute me or pause me or wherever you may do that. So I love labs. I love model building. I love inquiry-based activities like any good secondary science teacher does. And I love incorporating a variety of instructional methods, like the seven that I shared with you in episode five last week for how to engage your students in your content without exhausting yourself. But I also still really enjoy lecturing, and I don't think lectures have to be boring. I think often when we think of lectures, I think back to my college experience where I was sitting in 300 plus person lecture hall courses where the entire course was just lecture on lecture. But that's not how it has to be. Lectures can be engaging, and I'm gonna share with you in this episode my five best strategies for making them so. But before I fully dive in, I wanna share why I still lecture and find it to be both an engaging and effective instructional method for your students. So I promise I have read the research, and I understand that although students often perceive that they learn more from direct instruction like lectures, than they do from active learning experiences like inquiry labs, for example. They actually retain more information and a deeper understanding when they're engaged in active learning methods. So the perception that they have is different from the reality. But despite that, I also know that our high school students are still kids in a sense. They're still growing and developing their cognitive muscles. And while I believe they learn best when we are stretching them, and really pushing them out of their comfort zones like we do with inquiry-based teaching methods and other active learning strategies. I also know that their minds get tired. They don't have this stamina for 45 to 90 minutes of really intense critical thinking that oftentimes those more active learning methods require. And now, I love to keep my students on their toes. I like to regularly change up what we're doing throughout a class period, especially when I taught 90-minute blocks. But even when I taught 50-minute class periods. You can see an example of how I chunk up my class period by checking out my anatomy of a class period cheat sheet. I'm going to link it in the show notes and you can find it also at itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com/episode6. So I like to change things up because I think that really helps their brains. But I also know from experience that my students really appreciate consistency and rhythms in the classroom just as much as they appreciate me changing things up and them not just sitting there for an hour. They need moments of rest and they need moments of that active learning. I really do feel like they need chances to learn within their comfort zone just as much as they need chances to learn outside of their comfort zone. And that's one reason why I like to still incorporate lectures. Also, I think we can all agree that we still have a long way to go when it comes to convincing students and their parents that they actually are learning more from active learning experiences. I don't know about you, but I have had so many students and so many parents, especially in parent-teacher conferences, declare that I never taught them this or you never taught my kid this, when in fact, I spent three plus days doing a lab investigation with them on the topic. But for some reason in their brains, it doesn't feel like it counts to them as you teaching the concept unless you incorporate direct instruction on it. Like they want to see the notes where you said the thing, even if they have done this awesome lab where they've experienced this whole thing. And so again, I think this is just yet another reason why we can continue to incorporate lectures in the classroom to serve our students and their parents and have that to point to as well on top of all the active learning strategies we're learning to and incorporating to. So really, if there's anything I've learned in life, it's that balance is key. We need to incorporate both. Our students all learn in different ways and they have different cognitive staminas. And so to best serve every student, I think we can do best by incorporating a variety of instructional methods, which includes lecturing and direct instruction. So now that I've made my case for lecturing, I wanna share five ways that I try to make lectures actually engaging for my students. Tip number one, ask more than you tell. This is absolutely crucial I feel like lecture is not just talking at your students. To me, lecture is really a format of distributing information through a facilitated discussion with my students. All of my lectures, whether it's in my AP Bio class of 10 students or my CP Biology class of 30 students, all of them are two-way conversations between me and my students. And this conversational lecture style is established in two ways, one with questions, and two, with consistency. You have to set a norm in your classroom that lecture doesn't mean just sitting and writing for 20 minutes. It means that you will always be asking them questions and expecting a response. And you have to encourage their questions as well. It goes both ways. And if you do this consistently, your students will learn that lecture does not mean the teacher is just talking and they just sit in silence and can try to text under the table. You're going to redefine what lecture means for them. Now, how do you do that best? I recommend that if you're making slides or some, or some sort of reference notes for yourself to going into lecture, to go ahead and brainstorm some questions in advance that you can ask your students. As you get more comfortable with your students and this style of lecturing that's more conversational, questions will come more naturally to you, especially if you teach the same subjects year after year and you can kind of anticipate things that students will have questions about. But I find that they're easiest to come up with if you're doing it in advance. I find they're especially easy if you do some sort of guided inquiry activity first, prior to lecture, to introduce the content and get students engaged with it. That makes it so much easier to get them discussing things during lecture. It's something that comes from the 5E model, if that's an instructional model you've used before. Engaging them first and exploring the content first before you explain it. So for example, Before I lecture on wave behaviors in my physical science course, I have students do a set of lab stations on wave behaviors. Basically, I had all these demos I was always doing of wave behaviors during my lecture, and I took those demos and I made them into a set of stations where students move around the classroom and they do the demos on their own and write observations about them. Then when we come back and we're lecturing on wave behaviors afterward, We kind of refer back to each of those stations and what they experienced there, and it gets the conversation going while we're in lecture. And I will link those in the show notes in case you just want to see an example of what I'm talking about. Now, if a discussion still feels really overwhelming to you, I totally get that. I have a blog post with more tips specifically about discussions, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. But I really think when you start thinking of direct instruction through lectures as a method for facilitating discussions, it's going to make your lectures so much more engaging for you and your students. Okay, tip number two, incorporate real world examples, phenomena, and video clips as much as you can. I really feel like your notes should be filled with examples you can reference throughout the entire time you're lecturing. Personally, from an organizational perspective, I still like to have a set of PowerPoint slides for all my lectures, and I keep in the notes section of each slide links and lists of examples or questions students have asked in the past that were really good ideas, and I put those there so that I can constantly be bringing in connections for students. And the best thing for us as secondary science teachers is that our content makes it so easy to do this. This could be through a demonstration that's really simple, through a YouTube video you found, through a scientific article or a fact, a statistic, anything. There are so many ways to make the content relevant for your students. And here's what's best of all. The more you do this, the more in turn your students are going to ask questions and your lecture will become that two-way conversation that we referenced in the first tip. So both of these things benefit each other. Okay, tip number three, which I kind of referenced at the beginning of this podcast episode, was you need to break up lecture with active learning experiences. Chunk, chunk, chunk. I cannot say that enough. I love to break my class period into 15 to 20 minute chunks where we're switching it up. If you've ever seen any of my lecture notes, it can honestly be annoying for some people because I have these like interrupters where we'll have like three to five slides and then I have a slide that breaks it up and it's like, go do this or go practice this. But I just think this is so important, especially if you're in a 90 minute class period. If you let lecture go too long, that's where kids kind of go into zombie mode and it becomes a much less active learning experience. Again, oftentimes, I will just put in my lecture notes the title of an activity on a slide or something, and it just helps remind me mentally, like, stop here and let's go do this. Let's go do four practice problems, or let's go do this little mini activity or whatever it may be. So again, if you really need a practical goal, I would just say try to avoid lecturing for more than 15 or 20 minutes at a time. Again, I try to shoot for 15 minutes because I know that as students ask questions, that's going to be stretched out a bit, which I'm Totally fine with. And these active learning experiences can literally be anything. It can be a full activity, it could be a lab, it could be building a model, and it could just be a couple practice problems. Really, anything that's going to get them to stop and be forced to actually really actively engage with the content that you just covered is a win. And personally, I love doing stations, but it could be anything. It doesn't have to be stations, it could be some of those ideas I shared again in episode five. So go back and refer to that episode if you want some tips there too. And speaking of practice problems, that's tip number four. I really recommend embedding practice problems or application questions into your slides. This is such an easy way to break up direct instruction and make lectures engaging. It gets them interacting with the content and critically thinking about it. And I really love any sort of challenge or problem where they can kind of think, pair, share and work through them with a peer, or I like to call their peers their next-door neighbors, whoever's sitting next to them at their lab table. So you give them some sort of question that they're gonna think about or work through on their own, then they'll pair up with their neighbor to discuss it, and then we'll share their thoughts together as a class. And I try to create opportunities in my classroom for students to do this and interact with each other and practice communicating face-to-face. Because if I've said it once, I'll say it again, I feel like technology has really diminished our students' ability to interact with each other face-to-face and communicate. And so I like to create opportunities for them to do that. And speaking of technology, I know that unfortunately, some of you that are listening are still teaching virtually or hybrid in some sort of capacity. And I know that that makes lectures especially difficult. And so here's what I would recommend for you. I recommend having students watch lecture videos on their own time if possible. So if you have some sort of designated time that you're gathering on Zoom or some other group platform together, I would save that time and space for active learning strategies. I would have them watch the video on their own time and take notes, but in those lecture videos, still embed questions and practice problems without answers as much as you can. And so that way your students are kind of hopefully being forced to pause and work through the content as they're listening. And then later when you are together, so to speak, you can discuss those more and make it a more active experience. And I have personally not taught in a full virtual setting, So I've been really relying on you all in my DMs and my inbox to let me know what your experiences have been. And I will tell you that 90% of you are obsessed with Nearpod. You all should be influencers for Nearpod because you are super passionate about it. So again, I don't have personal experience using Nearpod, so I feel ill-equipped to talk more on it. But I feel like I do need to mention it as a resource because so many of you have raved about how it has been such a game changer for you in lecturing virtually. So I hope that helps. Okay, last but not least, tip number five. I really think giving your students some sort of outline to use to take notes during lecture is incredibly helpful. I think being a good note taker is a skill and it takes a lot of practice to strengthen that skill. There's so many ways you can do this too. Personally, I like to use Cornell Note Outlines. I just have found them to be really effective and they really work with the way my brain works. And I will link a blog post in the show notes that details why I specifically chose to use Cornell note outlines, and then also how I use them. But again, you can do anything. You can do graphic doodle-based notes. It could just be some headers. It could be fill-in-the-blank notes. It's totally your call and whatever you have the energy basically to create for your students. But if you do feel like you're minimal on energy for this, I would recommend doing a Cornell note outline with just some basic headers just to give them some sort of structure. I really think that helps them stay engaged and not just sitting there and zoning out. So if you have given up on lecturing with your students or you feel guilty when you are lecturing because you feel like you should be doing more active things, don't feel guilty any longer. You can make your lectures engaging and I hope these five tips help you to do that with your students. And again, make sure to check out the show notes at it's not rocket science classroom.com slash episode six for all of the links to the supplemental resources and posts that I referenced in this episode that will hopefully help make lectures even easier and simplified for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And just a reminder, it's almost the end of the month, so you only have a few more weeks to enter into our special giveaway in honor of the launch of this podcast. And again, the hope is to support as many secondary science teachers as possible. So what I would love for you to do to enter is share this podcast anywhere on social media and take a screenshot of what you've posted and send a DM of it to me at its.not.rocket.science on Instagram, and that will serve as your entry. If you would like to do a bonus entry, you can leave a review on Apple Podcast because that really means so much to me and it's such a great way to help reach more educators who can benefit from Secondary Science Simplified. And again, at the end of this month, I'll pick two winners and you get to pick between $100 in store credit to the It's Not Rocket Science resource shop, or you can pick an It's Not Rocket Science custom Arctic Tumblr and a $30 TBT gift card, whichever you prefer. Thanks for tuning in. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.